Welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Adventures Podcast, brought to you by Yellow Hat Outdoors. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 15. Got the big three in the house, and we have a guest today. You wouldn't believe it. He drove in slash flew in all the way from the Rocky Mountains. You might know him by the blue can. I mean, the blue mountains on the silver can, but he's from Colorado, but not originally. Hey, I don't know where I'm going with that one, but we got Jason Morris in the house. So, Jason, how are you doing today, man? I am doing great. Good to be with you guys. The blue... The silver can with the blue mountains. It's uh, good to be in the flatland. I know, bit, so. I know that's a staple for you, Jason. It you, is, you know. You know, you know a thing or two about the silver bullets. So. That's right. Yeah. It doesn't go by without the silver bullet. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Jason was going to be in town, um, and I think hopefully people know him from the insane amount of giant fish I always post on my on our Instagram with him. I feel like literally every other month I get a picture of you with some huge trout. So yeah, I get lucky a lot. I just you know, blind a squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. That's right. So, yeah, that's Landon's life motto right there. <laughs> I like finding me some nuts. Hey, I know you do. I know you do. Um, so I guess Jason, uh, will you take us back kind of to your childhood, where you grew up? Um, what kind of got you into hunting and fishing? Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, grew up outside of Tulsa in Broken Arrow and uh, lived there for about half of my childhood. Moved to Houston, Texas when I was 12. Um, Really got into hunting and fishing while living in Broken Arrow. My my dad and I, I remember being about four years old. My dad took me out to our family's property outside of Tulsa and uh, went just looking for turkeys and Got to, we never took a gun that first time I went, but just sat there and listened to those turkeys gobbling. So I really got into it then and had a lot of neighborhood ponds and uh, farm ponds around our place uh, there in Broken Arrow. So that's how I learned to fish and really got into it then. We also have a little family cabin up in northern Colorado. So grew up going up there all the time, trout fishing, and really loved it then. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Literally got the double trouble here. <laughs> the oklahoma plus the yeah some beautiful it's northern colorado right you said it is yeah almost wyoming okay sweet so is it is that where it like starts getting kind of out of the mountains and more into the kind of flatlands again or is it pretty mountainous still yeah it's right there kind of in the mountains so once you go past where we are then it starts getting flat again okay yeah a little more badlands yeah there okay yeah, we were talking about just how literally horrible the drive from Oklahoma City to Denver is. Yeah. Well, like, actually, the Oklahoma City to Denver is not too bad, but it's the Denver to Oklahoma City that's just, it's a grind. Yeah, I have a, from that drive is a burning hatred for the state of Kansas. <laughs> I, I'm alienating some of our audience if anybody's from Kansas, but man, do I hate that state. Yeah. I I don't know how I spent two summers there. I really don't. It's a rough place. Yeah. I mean, there's nice people, but that really is. That's about it. I guess wintertime, maybe you can get into some quail and stuff, but I don't know. Yeah, shoot a few pheasant here or there, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing too exciting up there. I always say it's literally one of it's got to be one of the most boring states. But then you think about Nebraska, it's got to be even worse. So well, yeah, you know it's bad when a windmill is what gets you excited. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, it's tough. Yeah, we were driving through, and Brighton was like, "Man, wouldn't you just love to have some land out here?" And I was like, "Ah, kinda." (laughs) Think of a lot of other places. I'd rather have some land out. There's only 49 other states I would pick above it. But. Yeah, and everything bad to say about it, but they do have some pretty big deer up in Kansas and some good waterfowl hunting, too, from yeah. what I understand. Yeah. They have big deer. That, yeah, that's what Hudson just said. Oh, did he? <laughs> I thought he said waterfowl. <laughs> you guys want to uh, have big deer up there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, grew up in Broken Arrow. Now you live in Colorado. Um, you spent a, a little bit of time in Texas growing up too, right? Yeah, I lived in Houston. We moved there um, when I was about 12 years old. So 
That's uh, really gained a love for waterfowl hunting. wasn't the first place I did it, but really there's some cool stuff down there, hunting on the coast and uh, those rice fields and all that stuff. So it's cool. And learning how to fish on the coast too is a different beast of itself. There's just so much of it that's different than the farm ponds. So yeah, but, uh, but yeah, kind of broadened my scape of the outdoors out there. Yeah, it's it's different down there. For what sure. would you um like were you mostly like hunting teal and stuff down there or pintails or redheads like what what what'd you mostly shoot down there yeah a lot of teal we got okay. into a lot of teal um hunting um pretty much year round just because how warm it is and Gosh. uh so that was fun we get some good groups of pintails um every once in a while and uh the snow geese were pretty good we lived actually in katie which used to be the snow goose capital of the world for a little bit so they uh yeah a lot of snows down there and stuff so that's cool yeah. yeah you always hear like those stories about the Katy prairie or whatever that's mm-hmm. cool yeah. but uh, dang development well i gotta ask as a um someone who's trying to get more into fly fishing and everything so how'd that come about of you you getting into that kind of sort of stuff yeah for sure so we like i said family's cabin up there in northern colorado and uh loved watching guys up there do that kind of stuff we always grew up kind of bait fishing which uh you know my grandpa is really the guy who got me into fly fishing but he wouldn't let us fly fish for a long time so he'd always just put us on bait and then eventually kind of worked my way out of that and uh got a fly rod my dad and i kind of learned at the same time so we uh learned through a lot of mistakes but just started fishing uh fly fishing those ponds those little farm ponds for bass and bluegill and stuff and that uh yeah that's kind of how i got into it so all right well, I'm, I'm hoping to get some get a glenn's been telling me to go out to the horse uh out west to do practice some fly fishing on some bluegills out there but. yeah that's a good way to learn yeah. yeah yeah i keep telling hudson i'm like dude there's no better way to learn than just pounding some bluegill and bass in a pond it's just it's so much fun oh yeah i remember as a kid just all summer long for multiple summers just going out hitting the bluegill hard and catch a few bass here and there on the fly so it's fun yeah that's awesome yeah so did you ever um do much like red fishing red fish fishing i don't know how you say yeah, that but say chasing it. some reds down yeah. there much <laughs> yeah i uh, got to do that quite a bit it really wasn't until i about moved out to college that i uh, really got into doing that down there but yeah got to chase them on the fly a couple times which is just an absolute blast they uh throwing a big old fly in front of their face and pulling it and watching them chase it is that's a good time yeah uh, never got anything too big caught a few you know pretty nice sized ones but uh, nothing crazy went to louisiana um, a time or two fished with a guide out there and uh, on his little skiff back in those little ponds and stuff and that's that's blast so gosh that that's freaking sweet me and hudson i think talked early about like whenever you see that tail you know Mm -hmm. kind of moving and you get to make those long casts the drone videos of that are awesome oh yeah i freaking love that yeah i remember the first one i ever caught we were kind of pulling up into this little bay uh, with that guide in louisiana and i was like had like buck fever i was shaking because i saw that tail coming up and stuff i was like all right i gotta make the right cast yeah <laughs> it was cool that's awesome that was did you seal the deal or seal blow the it? deal yeah. okay she that's good home, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah i always i feel like i throw it in a tree every time there's like all right this is a make or break cast i'm like great i'll break it <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> or like wrap the line around my foot or something stupid so oh, that's yeah. awesome you sealed the deal yeah I'm usually a big confidence crusher most of the time you know i always yeah. get tangled when i'm trying to make that cast but yeah yeah did that one so that's good that's important you know you gotta yeah. rise to the occasion every once in a while oh, so. yeah. you know I try, so. that's awesome yeah so just did that kind of through high school and then um college is whenever I met you, I don't know when you met Landon, probably on one of the later hunts, but um, yeah. I I remember I was sitting in church, and uh, like it was kind of after, everyone's kind of like, you know, mingling around, and I see this dude with like a rocking mustache and like a duck hunting shirt on, <laughs> and I'm like, what the, 
who is this character, you know? And yeah. I was kind of like, well, we'll see what he's all about. And then, yeah, we just started talking. I think three hours later, you know, they're turning the lights off and we hadn't moved. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. oh, shoot. Okay, yeah. I think I made a good friend here. Yeah, so. yeah that was a good time. I was trying to figure out who the guy was with the Suburban with the big yeah. fly fishing <laughs> sticker on the sideboard. So. Old Gordon, man. Rest in peace. I think we talked about him last episode. So. Yeah. Gosh, what a car. <laughs> I I got a picture of it the other day in uh, Oklahoma City. Like, someone saw it, and I, it just made my heart so happy. Yeah, lives on. That's he good. does. He does. He lives on. So, um, what, I don't know, what would you say in college, um, what, what would you say, like, kind of your favorite thing to pursue in college? Would you say still kind of fishing, or did... I don't know, kind of throughout, has it been like mostly fishing and then times like hunting kind of popped up or has it been like hunting and then you kind of just fish in the off season? Um, yeah. Like how do you kind of, where would you rank that? Yeah, you know, I feel like I'm kind of like most guys where it's like one season rolls around and I'm, I'm all in on it. You know, waterfowl season rolls around and I'm hunting five times a week you know skipping class doing all that stuff in college but uh then turkey season would roll around and i'd be driving out to my family's property three times a week you know trying to shoot a bird and all that good stuff and then uh yeah off season would roll around and then fishing would just kind of take over i don't know i've always I've always had a sweet spot for fishing uh, that's always yeah. kind of been my favorite but i uh yeah a lot of felt like in college waterfowl was a big one for me duck hunted a lot so um have some family out here that has some sweet spots got to get into and messing around with you and or trying to hunt and just walking around the water since but uh yeah yeah i feel but, like i feel like every time i'm with glenn it's we're trying to do something yeah but. yeah we try a lot you know, which is good that's the story of my life right there <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm always trying to do something, so normally it doesn't turn out well, but uh, hey, my uh, my motto is I just go for it, so just do it, as Nike says, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's not really my motto, I just kind of made that up on the spot, so I feel like it, it does the trick. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I think we spent, I, I like hunting with you because every time I'm like, man, it's going to be horrible weather, like... I've got a chance, like, for three hours to go suffer. I'm like, dude, no one else is going to go not shoot any birds. But I'm like, I think Jason will go with me. Landon's like, not a chance. Like, I'm not no. I'm not doing it. No. <laughs> but Jason's like, yeah, I'm in, bro. That sounds yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, never fails. Yeah, I was thinking uh, last year, like, the wind chill was actually, I think, negative four. <laughs> and, like, we went out. Of course, you know, set up in the wrong spot and everything. Sure. Yeah. Finally moved. I think we shot maybe one or two. Um, and then, like, we, uh, like, maybe walked around and kind of, like, jump shot a couple. Mm-hmm. And then your waders, like, because of how cold it was, they were frozen. And you took a step down into the water, and they just split, like, along the seam, right? Yeah. And, yeah. dude, you just filled up with water. And I was like, it is actually too cold. Like... If you don't, like, go to the truck, you're going to die out here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a tough moment right there. That was a, that was a second pair of waders for yeah. last season, too. <laughs> it was, that was a tough day. I don't – I've lucked out. My Cabela ones somehow have lasted me for, like, seven years. I don't – I haven't really treated them well. Landon, are you still working? Didn't yeah. We, we got them on the same day, right? Yeah. Dude, that's it, – it's wild that somehow they just still, still are cooking, but – and we make it work. But also, uh, last year, um, do you remember our teal hunt? <laughs> now it's hard to forget right there. Oh, well, awesome. Do you want to tell the story of that? That was yeah. such a good one. Yeah, so Glenn and I and then one of our other buddies, um, we were going out to just a little public land over by the uh, in Bethany area. And we're heading out there. And your foot was hurt or your ankle you had messed that up wasn't it yeah i was crippled from indoor <laughs> soccer yeah <laughs> gosh dang it yeah just literally i don't even i'm so embarrassed like yeah didn't that injury you were just alone like on, like were you just running oh yeah like it wasn't like it was like a transition like the ball got kicked forward like i was on defense i was just kind of running towards half and just 
I don't know what. I think there must have been a hole. Like, I'm going to blame it on that because, <laughs> dude, I fell and I was like, I, I heard the pop and I was like, oh, no. And I actually, like, genuinely couldn't walk for like two and a half months. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> I felt like, you know, just like the person that, you know, wears the knee brace over their jeans in high school. That's never played a sport. I mean, I'm just, that's how I was right there, man. That was me. So. Yeah, I was definitely crippled for a long time, but yeah, yeah, I like did that in July in like maybe was out of the boot, like, you know, September 1st and then teal season was like two weeks later. I was like, I think I can slog through the mud. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I was thought it was a good idea. There was like no water at all in the lake and it's like 30% water, 70% mud. So we're just trudging through that thing. Finally get set up. And I think we had maybe a couple birds fly through, missed a couple birds, you know. And uh, that one mallard just perfectly worked our decoys. Yeah. And then we see it go to the guy next to us. I mean, cupped up. And we're like, hey, it's a mallard. And just, boom, just folds it. Yeah, just (laughs) whacked that thing. I want to say he had teal, like, fly through his spread a couple times. We were like. Is he not hunting or something? And big old mallard. Yeah, no, he was mallard hunting. Is what he was doing. Yeah. (laughs) So had that, and then we had. uh, So we're sitting there for a little while, and I still this one cracks me up every time. But (laughs) we're sitting there, kind of a little bit in the woods, and you know the water's probably what thirty yards out from us, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty. Yeah. And uh, this teal literally walks like two feet in front of us on the ground. He's walking in front of us through the mud and we're like it was like couldn't shoot it it was just like what is happening right now so we didn't have no idea where it came from just walked on through and headed out so. yeah we're like tucked up in the brush like trying to hide so well and then like I just hear Jason start laughing. He's like, look at that thing. And there's literally just a little teal waddling in the mud like right in front of us. (laughs) He just big dogged you guys. He literally did. (laughs) And it was just like, well, like... I don't know. Like at this point, I don't want to shoot him. Like yeah, he deserves to live. Yeah, he's like he's that bold. You know, might uh-huh. as well let him go. So. Yeah, yeah, it's freaking awesome. But then last year was um, <clears throat> a year that me and you went over to the White River. That yeah. was a fun trip, huh? That was fun. Yeah, that was we, a humbling experience for oh, sure. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tried not to out you when I was talking about it. Uh, Whenever we talked to my dad about the Blue River, I was like, "Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna try not to name my buddy, but me and Jason went over to the line." <laughs> I was like, "Crap!" Yeah, that was a good time. That's those are those trips you you know you'll never forget. Just dirt bagging around, hiding in the back of camping parking lot sneaking in you know yeah yeah there's no there's no one at the gate so we were like well guess we're free camping this weekend (laughs) may as well yeah Yeah. it's not your fault right i'm like and then you couldn't like get a online reservation until like three days later so i was just like screw it no one's camping out here it's like 20 degrees (laughs) it was cold it was real cold yeah we uh I think we had like an ice storm or something the yep. few days before in the hole. There was like a two-inch bed of ice in the boat, and we were trying to figure out how to get the ice out of the boat to get it in the water. And, uh, yeah, we got some things that maybe weren't the brightest ideas. But. Yeah, we tried a lot of options, and just none of them were good until... No. Yeah, so we... we That was like one of those like trips where I'm... I'm so bad about just like, oh, well, let's just drive and get there super late at night and then fish all day the next day and the next day and then drive home super late. Like, it's no big deal. So, yeah, it was an ice storm here. Like, I was – it was like the type where, like, you probably shouldn't be driving on the roads. Mm -hmm. But, like, went back roads and our buddy Riley let us borrow his boat, which he is just way too generous for that. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, sweet. I really appreciate it, man. And uh, so we got it. And then um, drove out to Arkansas, which it was fine. Like, all the main roads weren't too icy or anything. And um, we got there, and uh, I'm trying to think. We got there. It was like 1230 or something. We just bummed it overnight in the um, camper shell. 
And then, yeah, the next morning, our boat was frozen. <laughs> like, there was literally, like, three inches of ice in the bottom. And I was like, oh, no. Like, what? Like, I'm like, ah, oh, no big deal. It'll be fine. Like, we can just put our feet on some ice. Well, idiots, us, you know, the freaking gas tank is, the, uh, like, the little tube that connects the motor. Just in a block of ice. Oh, gosh. And I was like, well, crap. So I was like, well, let's boil some water. So I'm like boiling water on a little tiny stove. Like, you know, it's like a, like a cup at a time. Yeah. And then I run out of fuel. I'm like, crap. And so then we're like, we had a torch, but I was like, well, I'm not torching around a gas tank. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty stupid. So then I was like, oh, I've got a genius idea. We'll just back the boat into the water and then it'll warm up. We'll, yeah, maybe after two hours. And so we ended up driving. Didn't we drive to like... I don't know, Walmart or something up there. And we bought like 10 gallons of water from the store. Cause I was like, hopefully like this is warm enough to like kind of melt it out. And we got the tank out. And then for the rest of the day, yeah, we were just feet, you know, ankle deep in just ice water. Yeah. Like yeah. these sheets of ice were like moving around. It was a little like, it was like, it made the boat, you know, kind of steer a little heavy. It, it was, was a little heavy, yeah. A little less than ideal. We didn't have a bilge pump on that bad boy, so <laughs> we just full sent it. But it was during the Shad Kill, so um, the White River has all of these seasons. Um, and so the wintertime, it's kind of, I don't know, January to like early March is the Shad Kill. And so basically what that is, is a bunch of shad push up against the top of the dam. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry, Landon. <laughs> I, I told you I wouldn't cuss anymore. I gave it up for lit, and here I am. So. I want my daughters to be able to listen to this one day, and they can if you keep running your mouth. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but uh, the uh, um, stronghold, the levee up there, you know, the impoundment. Uh, they they do a bunch of hydroelectric power through there, so um, all of the all of the shad push up against the top part of its concrete, and um, then whenever the sun shines on it, it's a little bit warmer. So all the shad push up there. Then when they kick on the power, it's literally they just suck all these shad through and just literally mulch them up and just chum the river with like these little shad. And it is just a feeding frenzy. Like, all these trout, like, line up. And, of course, every guide and their dog lines up. Plus me and Jason. Yeah. So, like, there's, like, a, I call it the conga line. Like, you drive up below the dam, and then you just... Oh, gosh. I'm so... We're going to have to kick you off if you do it again. I know. I know. Our tw Your twin daughters will never forgive me or your wife. So, I'm, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. But, the, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> so anyway, there's like this string of water um, that, like, obviously comes out from under it. But there's kind of like a main current, and you basically drive up, and then you throw out white flies that kind of look like little shad. So a lot of guys will fish kind of like a little top water, or um, mostly what people do is kind of like a little white wooly bugger kind of mm -hmm. thing. And so it'll basically just dr dead drift along, and the fish will see and be like, oh, yeah, here we go, you know, snack time. And so it's a cool time of year because you can really catch some absolute tanks doing it. Mm -hmm. But um, so when they're generating water, it's a pretty deep, wide river, um, but it's like it's fairly deep. It's probably like eight feet deep or something. And um, so me and Jason – we're like, okay, we got a game plan. It's the shad kill. We're getting texts from people. It's the shad kill. Seeing it on Instagram, huge fish getting caught. And uh, we put the boat in. We're going. We're feeling good. We're all strung up with our white flies. We got it dialed in. And uh, so I'm like, we're watching people just whack one after another. We're like, oh, yeah, baby, it's on. <laughs> and we go get in the conga line. We're in the same spot. And, I mean, we're just sitting there and. I mean, I'm watching my little indicator, and Jason's watching his. And, I mean, out of the core of my eye, I'm watching everyone else just whack one fish yeah. after another. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? Like, what are we doing wrong? So we, like, we probably did it, like, ten times. And then I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, we're pulling over. Like, we got to re-rig. So we, like, change, like, totally different flies, like, everything. And we go back up. 
and uh, we float down it again, like for like three hours, nothing. People are just sacking them up all around us. And I was like, I was like, Jason, like, what are we doing wrong? You're like, uh, maybe we need some more weight. So we like, you know, are putting weight on here. And like, I don't know, we were, we tried everything. We were like, mm-hmm. oh, we're, we have eight foot leaders. Like we're definitely deep enough, you know, all this stuff. Well, shocker, you know, everyone else is using 12 feet, you know, off the end of yeah. their fly line instead of eight. So the next morning, a guy comes by. He's like, hey, I watched you guys fish all day yesterday. <laughs> he was like, you haven't been catching any this morning. Like, what are you, like, what are you guys fishing with? And I was like, literally, we're fishing with everything you guys are, like mop flies, you know, the beads, the woolly buggers. He's like, well, how long are your leaders? I'm like, oh, yeah, they're uh, 8 or 10 feet. And he just started laughing. He's like, got to be at least 12 to 14, man. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Just like the one lesson my dad was literally pounded into my head, like, make sure you're deep enough. But oh, yeah. shocker, we weren't. So yeah. once we did that, then we caught a few. But still, at that point, it was kind of like, well, I mean, we've got like two hours before we need to drive home. So yeah. Yeah. it was uh, it was a tough day, to say the least. Yeah, that was a tough one. It's crazy, you know, those two or three extra feet. I mean, it changes everything. But yeah, it, uh, yeah, that was humbling. You always think you know what you're doing, and then you'll go out there and it's like, well, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh huh. So it's, it's like it's kind of like the first time you go like to a big bass fishing lake. You know what I mean? Landed that first trip we did, like we were like, oh yeah, we're big stuff right here. Nope, <laughs> we yeah. don't know what we're doing. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a fun trip though. That was fun. Always cool to learn some more out there and now we know that's one thing i always do now i always go deeper than what i'm supposed to so yep it's always better to hit the bottom than to not catch any fish so yeah i'm right there with you (laughs) (laughs) so right after that trip then you went down to georgia right i did okay tell us about a little bit about georgia the whole situation down there yeah so i've got a buddy who uh he's a guide down there on a river called the sequoia and uh you know, I would have never thought of Georgia as a place where you're catching just absolute giant trout, but it is unlike anything else I've ever seen. I don't uh-huh. know. A lot of people hate on it because it's the pellet pigs, you know, uh, fish yeah. spots. They, you know, they're just pumping those fish full of food. But there's a couple spots where they're, you know, they're natural fish and you're pulling out. 10 plus pound trout out of this it's it's crazy but i went with my buddy and uh we went down there and first day i mean he's always been hyping it up he's a wild dude but he uh so he's hyping up this spot we get there fish the morning i think he stuck probably an eight pounder right off the bat and uh so i'm fired up you know trying to figure it out and so we're fishing um probably for most of the morning pretty slow and eventually we figured out what they wanted and uh we got into them so it was pretty sweet um i mean just absolute tanks of fish i think we averaged out about uh i don't know probably five pounds of fish and uh gosh yeah pretty ridiculous is that did you get like a pr down there like a trout pr i did yeah the next morning um we were out there actually i lost a fish on my first cast that was probably 12 pounds is what we were thinking fought him for about 20 minutes chased him 500 yards downstream and i literally couldn't pull him off the bottom so he uh just wouldn't come up and finally snapped it and i mean it was fun nonetheless yeah but later that day we were fishing streamers my buddy and i we were catching so many fish that we just put on like 12 pound line threw a streamer on and uh we were going rod for rod we we're like all right you get the rod you catch a fish we'll switch off because you can't can't really net them by yourself so yeah and uh i threw up into this little waterfall and uh yeah i started stripping the streamer up and stuff and this trout just kind of like porpoise whale comes out of the water smacks that thing we fought it for a little bit and i believe it was around 10 pounds um probably about 28 inches so it's a big old fat rainbow it was Dude, it was Lord. fun it was a blast oh, dang yeah i i literally 
you were like, oh no, there's like massive, like, you know, five pound, 10 pound, way higher, you know, trout. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we've all had that guy that's caught the 10 pounder on the Jeff Gordon rod. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know if this is actually, you know, that big of a fish. And then you sent me a video and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was like the definition of like a freaking, um, like the definition of a football. Yeah. It was like shaped like a football, yeah. but it just had fat like oozing between your fingers. Mm-hmm. Like it was crazy. Did you catch that big one on a streamer? Did you I say? Did. Okay. Yeah. yeah what? What kind? It's like a wooly bugger. Or yeah, like, I think what it was color? A big. I want to say it was a black um, with a lot of like kind of crystal bugger. I guess they would call it with a cone head on it. Um, probably a size eight, so a pretty good size fly. Um, but yeah, just black and sparkly. Gotcha. Yeah, hit that thing. That's what they wanted. That's what they wanted. Gosh dang. Yeah. I think we posted the video. I've been trying to look over here. August 31st. It was a little bit after because I was so disappointed that like, because I'm like, this is a giant fish. Like, (laughs) this should like, people should see this thing. Yeah. Don't worry. Not that many people did. But (laughs) we'll we'll, we'll have it up again. That's right. We'll probably post it tomorrow. I don't even know what we'll post for you. You, you're the star of our page uh, catching these giants that. down there um do they uh so did you guys just fish woolly buggers did you nymph a little bit or yeah nymphed a little bit um also did that more than the streamers okay but did uh yeah like little white emerger patterns okay fly emergers and uh that's where i lost that really big fish on gotcha and, uh, yeah it was pretty sweet we um Caught quite a few on that, and then clear beads, weirdest thing. Weird. Yeah, I've never, you know, thought of clear beads, but started catching them. You do a clear bead, and then like a little midge underneath. Okay. And uh, I think I want to say what it looks like um, with those midges. They kind of have a little air bubble when they're emerging. Uh huh. Comes off their back or whatever, and uh, so we want to say that's what it was looking like, but. I really don't know. I was a little confused, but we were sitting at one spot for, I don't know, it was like last hour of sunlight, and I think every single cast, both of us were just like sticking them, and if it wasn't, you know, over five pounds, we were just like, man, whatever. Godly, dude, (laughs) that is crazy. So having having an experience like that, and like, obviously you've caught some pretty big trout on the fly, Uh, if you had to pick... For, uh, what's your be- favorite like fight of a fish? Would you say like a just a real like hammer like pushing ten pound largemouth bass or one of those trout? Man, that's tough. I uh, yeah, I'm talking. They just fight so differently. I feel uh-huh. like, and you know, like I've it is funny because I get hyped up in different ways about different fish. So like I've caught big old carp on a fly. And I'll get all excited about them, and then I'll catch, like, a trout after that. I'm like, those carp are the worst. Like, they don't do anything. They just sit there. But uh-huh. And then I'll go catch a bass, and it's like, man, that was a blast, too. It's, it's hard to beat watching a bass kind of dance on the water if he's jumping out and stuff. And But it uh, it's always pretty exciting when you get those runs on trout. I would say trout are a good one. That or the redfish in Houston living there. I don't think I can put those in a different or the same category as uh, mm-hmm. the trout and bass because they're just so powerful. I remember fly fishing for those for the first time and I was using the same knots that I was using for like trout and bass and it was like they'd take it and run and like within the first two seconds just snapping the line. Like it's Good just grief. insane. So yeah, yeah, there's something else. But gosh, that is yeah. awesome. Well, I gotta, I gotta get into some of these. I gotta, I gotta. Hopefully, once we start getting enough of this crap weather, I'll be able to go out and get some fly fishing in around here. Because I'm just trying to. I, I can handle. I can handle bass fishing a little bit uh, whenever it's windy. Because you know, uh-huh. some weighted stuff on there. I don't know how I'd handle windy uh, fly fishing, especially because I've never really done it before. Yeah. So, yeah, yesterday when you went out was not the day to try fly fishing. No, yeah, I thought about it for a second. I was like, he's got, there's a lot of bluegill at this place. And I, uh-huh. But it was, there was a point where we had 
the tro- we were going against the wind with this little trolling motor and oh, <laughs> we were at a standstill at one point and we were just trying to book it through to get around this little point uh-huh. and it was just like god yeah but you're just fighting for every inch yeah that's awesome was that pretty fun yesterday yeah it was fun uh it was a beautiful piece of land it was one of our uh clients from the 34 project has some land out uh kind of by uh we woke uh oklahoma and uh went out there and you know they got a lot of fish in there and it was you know little little cloudy sun would peek out every now and then had oh like 20 mile an hour winds uh but luckily he had a pontoon boat out there and one thing that was cool was he had these like portable ramps so he's in a wheelchair too if anybody was curious but he has these little ramps on his dock and they're just like portable and so like to get on his pontoon you just throw one of those down and then you just ramp up into it rather than like trying to like hop like over oh, like the lip that's into awesome it. yeah so that was cool and his pontoon was bigger than my little bass busting pontoon boat that i got so the wind uh-huh. wasn't a big deal it wasn't rocking us back and forth so that was that was nice so it was really just kind of fighting it with your casting a little bit okay and the only thing that sucked is i mean we went i thought we were gonna go out there it's like one of those things you're like i'm going out to a farm pond i'm about to just absolutely destroy it out here (laughs) and like going in of the utmost confidence and fish for an hour hadn't got a bite and I'm just thinking, like, what am I doing? I started out with a spinner, uh-huh. and I was like, I'm just going to... You never fished with a spinner. I know, and I, but I was like, you know, today's a day for a spinner. I'm just going to crush them. And it my, should be. Yeah. Um, did not happen. Uh, my dad was on a square bill crank. Didn't happen. Uh, and then our buddy Gibson was throwing a... I think he was doing like a little swimming jig kind of thing and okay. there's nothing on that and then eventually we find out that they all these fish are sitting deeper and uh we don't have a fish finder or anything and there's these big old weed beds on the bottom and they're just like sitting on the edge of these and it's kind of rocky bottom too there was a couple like drop-offs okay and so i i, I end up throwing a little little baby bass sink i went back to a little texas rig throwing it in the middle of the lake or pond and hitting these little like drop off slash like edges of weed beds and caught a couple uh pretty quick back to back um but it was just hard because we didn't have a fish finder winds blowing us like crazy so i'm just hoping like i'm casting out where i think maybe where it's at and i'm like trying to feel like if i'm dragging through weeds and stop it and but it was it was tough we caught three total um which was not ideal, I guess, for my expectations of the place. Uh, but you know, what can you do with the with the weather and stuff? I've guarantee if I if we go out there in like the summertime, uh-huh. um, I mean, I think it would just be just game over. Yeah, dang, I'm in. That sounds fun. That's yeah. awesome. I'm glad you guys at least caught a few though. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. And I if we would have we didn't we didn't have time to stay out there longer than we did, but like once we found out kind of where they were, how deep they were and everything, like I think we could have if we had gotten into them from the beginning, I think we could have put a lot more in the boat, but it was mm-hmm. just a process of like where the heck are these fish at? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this time of year it's hard to kind of figure out if they're up shallow, if they're still kind of deep, if they're transitioning, if they're feeding up. There was a uh 13 pounder caught in eastern oklahoma i guess probably yesterday i don't know i can't believe it was like in a little tiny lake too you know you're just like oh those little lakes like probably you don't have enough food to like like some of them you're like ah oh, there could probably be like maybe one 10 pounder in here but a 13 like he broke into the top 20 of oklahoma bass so Jeez. i was like fish. yeah i was like oh, i'll take that that'd be pretty sweet it's like, <laughs> I can't believe it. Probably on a six-inch swim jig, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was curious. I don't think it. I don't think uh, the wildlife department. I don't think they said what he was throwing or anything, did they? Uh-uh, they didn't. So I don't. I don't know it's what it was. I know what the heck. Yeah. <laughs> Already told us where it was. Like they at least should tell us what. Probably just snagged him on a live scope though. <laughs> <laughs> Treble hook out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
He's probably used, fishing for catfish, and he's like, oh, look at this catfish. Yeah. <laughs> it's freaking shot. It, yeah, shot it with a bow and arrow or something. Mm. Good grief. <laughs> One time... <laughs> I haven't thought about this in a long time. One time we were uh, out shooting guns, and we saw a bass in a creek, and my buddy shot at it with like a forty-five. Like we could see it swimming. It was like a really shallow creek. And he shot down in there and it literally stunned it. And so I jumped in there and I grabbed this bass out. It was like a three pounder in a creek. It was crazy. Yeah, like I think just the concussion of it hitting the water. Like it it literally was like kind of just like went on its side and kind of like, you know, fluttering a little bit. But it like it, there was no blood or anything on it. It was crazy. It was the craziest thing. I I don't know. That was a long time. I haven't thought about that in years. I don't know <laughs> where that one came from. But um, so anyway, uh, so after college, we wasted a ton of time, you know, not shooting ducks, but having good good fun, doing a little fly fishing. Um, but after college, um, you moved to Colorado. So you spent. Did you? Was it right? Did you do any summers up there before? Yeah, I did one summer. I was a backpacking guy. Oh, that's um, right. My the summer before my senior year, all summer up there in the mountains. So, yeah, that was quite the experience for sure. So, yeah, what will you talk a little bit about that? Just like yeah, what what exactly did you do? Like kind of leading those backpacking trips. Yeah, so I uh, I was working for a camp, which I worked full-time for now which is why i'm up there but uh we're located in estes park and our camp backs right up to rocky mountain national park so lots of cool stuff to explore there but pretty much i was taking kids um anywhere from like 12 to 18 years old taking them on backpacking trips from monday through friday and so just going out in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the mountains and uh yeah usually hiking to like ponds or lakes and stuff in the back country camping there for a couple days moved to another lake then head out after that so lots of good experience with that that'll hiking with kids for a week will test your patience <laughs> nonetheless so i uh, i spent a lot of the time I, everybody always asked like what was your favorite part and i was like always in the mornings when the kids weren't awake yeah then i could go and just fish by myself so uh-huh it's nice you but, can enjoy those beautiful freaking mountain lakes yeah. that you're around yeah did um was the fishing pretty good in those no oh, it was stupid man like yeah. you go to those backcountry lakes that not many people are going to and a lot of the times like back there people will backpack to them but they're not fishing them at all so you find all these like cutthroat trout that are you get a few that are like the greenbacks that are natives and then uh, a lot of like colorado river cutthroat trout and it is just ridiculous. You throw any little dry fly at them, and they'll lose their minds. So Gosh. it's awesome. So it's all pretty much like whenever people say fly fishing, you know, they always think of the dry flies, and that's mm-hmm. literally just what it is. Like, yeah, you're back in the middle of nowhere, just thrown to these fish that have never seen a fly before. Oh yeah, it was. Gosh. Sweet. So and teaching some of those kids who like never got the chance to do that, and uh, go out there and get them their first fish or whatever is sweet man it's hard to beat that so yeah yeah Yeah, it's so cool to like get to teach someone like just a little bit about Mm -hmm. that and it's always like crazy when like a kid like that sees like their first like deer or elk or something Mm -hmm. and they're like oh my gosh you're like oh shoot like it's kind of lost the excitement on me a little bit yeah yeah for sure it is kind of you know especially doing it all summer by the last you know week or two i was We'd see a moose or something, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, there's another moose. But kids are freaking out and uh-huh. trying to ride it, you know. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's leave those alone. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't you have, like, a really close run-in with a moose up there? Yeah, we had one. There was about, oh, I want to say about eight of them, that, these eight bull moose. I've never, I mean, what? really haven't seen that many together those big bull moose together and there were a couple that were probably the biggest i've ever seen um come through there pretty old ones had some gray on them and stuff but i was walking these kids we were actually fishing and coming back and we were on the edge of a lake and there was a hill but on one side it was kind of on the left side and then lake on our right side and uh this moose we didn't see it 
and there's this just giant moose on our left side up on the hill and it was probably like 10 yards from us and i was like all right kids like you're not gonna look at that thing you're just gonna keep walking slowly and if it does come at us start running uphill because yeah it uh yeah just start weaving in and out but that yeah. was intimidating for sure. <laughs> yeah, like, you're absolutely shafted if that thing comes out. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're not outrunning that big boy. <laughs> no, no. It was beast. But Jeez. Golly. Yeah. So, lots of fun experience with that. Lots of animal encounters for sure. So. Uh-huh. Do they just have black bears up there? They do. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, like grizzlies or anything. No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. <laughs> Can imagine taking a bunch of kids with grizzlies out there. So. Seriously, dude, yeah. you just have to tie one of them to a tree and yeah, exactly. take the rest. Yeah, faster than most of them, so yeah. that felt good. But I always say Landon is actually that guy, like that yeah. will trip you. <laughs> would Landon, you would agree with me though? Like, if a bear was coming after us, it you would totally try and trip someone so you could outrun them. It depends on who I'm with. Uh... If it's somebody I care about, then I'll square up with that bear and put him in a triangle or something, or guillotine. That's why Landon always wants to go me to go places in case we get into something. He knows he can outrun me, and <laughs> yeah, he does. He's, he's just grinning. Um, so in, I was at Rocky Mountain National Park in Estes Park last summer, and uh, we were gonna try and come see, you, but like just didn't kind of didn't happen. What? I don't know. I don't know. That was my dad's. My my dad was trying to set set that up. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know really what happened. But anyways, beautiful national park. It's probably one of my favorites that I've been to. Um, mm-hmm. I was and I'd never really heard of it honestly. And it's pretty huge too. Yeah. Um, have you all had any? Um, you know, with the reintroduction of wolves and stuff coming in, have they moved into the Rocky Mountain National Park at all? I. I don't know what the uh, what the situation is there. Yeah, nothing yet. I don't know if they put them in yet into the park or not. I know they've talked about it quite a bit. Um, there's a few up in a place that actually have come in from Wyoming, um, so naturally, and then they ended up having pups there um, up in real northern Colorado. It's called Walden, and uh, I actually fish there all the time. I've stuck some pretty good fish up in there, but... Uh, yeah, they came down, and those suckers are just beasts. Like, I've seen pictures of them and stuff, and they are massive. But I know there's just so much debate right now um, about the park, bringing them in, and uh, if that's a good thing or not. They actually, the biggest thing is they have so many elk in the park, which the herd that's in Rocky Mountain National Park, I believe, is the biggest elk herd in the country and maybe the world. Wow, so it's that's a crazy. huge herd, yeah. It was fun because some of them come up into the camp for us in the fall and are bugling and all that stuff, uh-huh. so it's sweet. But they, uh, yeah, so they're so big, but they overrun a lot of the, like, creeks and stuff are getting so overeaten from, like, vegetation's dying because there's just so many elk. And so this last year, they actually opened up a uh, a hunt. Like, they hired out hunters to come in and shoot some elk in the park, which oh, wow. is kind of unheard of, I feel like, yeah, in a lot of national parks. Sick. So, yeah, so I don't, hopefully that helped out a little bit. And it is kind of one of those things with the wolves of like, are they really going to help us or are they going to hurt us a little bit more? Like, on the hunting wise, I'm like, well, we can go take care of them, what the wolves did, you know, and they were shooting them and all that stuff. So, we took care of that, or they bring the wolves in and, take care of that too so yeah i uh yeah i don't know yeah if if it feels like a little like little pandora's box situation like i feel like in the short term like you would see some benefits but then it's like once you once you let those wolves loose like you really have just kind of lost all control and like it could kind of get out of hand i feel like pretty quickly for you um and especially like in terms of like being a wildlife department official and stuff like I can't even imagine like sitting there and being like, okay, we have too many wolves now. Like, how are we going to go about this? And is there, there's probably I, a lot of laws that are probably pretty frustrating for wildlife departments in that scenario. Like just thinking of ones up in like Montana and like Wyoming and stuff. Um, 
I know I know when I was in Wyoming doing an elk hunt, um, they with the grizzlies up mm-hmm. there now. Mm-hmm. It's they had a grizzly come into the town of Cody, and they literally couldn't do anything. Like they just had to like trap it and mm-hmm. wait until they could like <laughs> tranquilize it, and oh. they trapped it in a cattle pen somehow i don't know who did that Mm -hmm. but somebody managed to do that but i'm just thinking like if i see a grizzly and i'm on the street and it's just like i'm out i'm i mean like i'm either pumping it full of lead or like i'm i'm just trying to leave but i i don't know yeah i'm not playing around with a freaking grizzly yeah i landon do you remember in ecology class and then playing those videos and talking about the yellowstone stuff you probably weren't there or paying attention <laughs> no, were you? Probably in a <laughs> you literally i'm sure you were um no there's like it's such an interesting because in theory it's like there's some really cool stuff about um wolves how like naturally they don't let themselves get too dense because they have such defined territories and pack sizes and stuff that they like almost limit themselves from getting too overpopulated. Um, I mean, also just based on food and stuff, but that wouldn't be an issue in Rocky Mountain National Park. But um, so like ecologically, like in just a dream world, like it's a great idea. But then like you take the real world where, I mean, obviously you have thousands and probably close to millions of people that visit Rocky Mountain National Park every year. I'm like, there's a little bit of, like, people safety involved, but yeah. also, mm-hmm. like, all the cattle ranchers around there and stuff, like, yeah. their cows are going to get slaughtered. Like, oh, yeah. and and then it's just like, well, who's going to pay for that? You know, <laughs> it's just like, I don't, so that's, like, where I'm kind of like, I don't know. Let's just, why don't we try hunting them first? Mm -hmm. Like knocking the elk populations down first before we would think about just introducing some crazy number of apex predator that it doesn't, it's not going to distinguish, probably going to eat more cows than elk because cows Mm -hmm. are easier to eat, you know, probably taste a little, well, maybe not taste better, but (laughs) could, you know, depends on the, the Wagyu level or whatever. You don't make Wagyu elk. So. Uh, well, maybe somebody does. But, yeah, so it's kind of like that weird. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just saying words at this I'm, point. I'm just talking, dude. I don't know. But, yeah, so I don't know. I think it's kind of a, yeah, like you said, it's a double-edged sword. So Yeah, it's tough. I mean, yeah, most people that I've talked to and that, like, we, our camp is around the other, there's a couple ranches pretty close, and they're pretty strongly against it. And then, uh, honestly, I've talked to a lot of game wardens, and they're pretty frustrated about the idea of bringing them back in, too. Mm-hmm. Just, like, the issue it poses. And then, and it's crazy, like, a lot of the, honestly, what I have read about it and all that sort of stuff is the people who want to bring the wolves in are honestly trying to make them the hunter like take the hunter's yeah. role and uh what's happened in wyoming and montana and stuff is they end up having to have wolf seasons because they have so many wolves and so you're just ending up with more hunting than what you had before so it's uh it's kind of crazy how that comes around i just don't think i mean i've always looked at it as like hunters for so long have been a part of the natural order of wildlife and so as soon as you take that out you're just gonna throw out yeah. so much stuff so I, yeah. I feel like people forget that we are also members of the animal kingdom and like like we've been we have been a, like you just said a part of the natural order of things like yeah. i mean it's it's not like we're something separate you know human hunters have always been and hopefully always will i can't can't imagine that that will ever cease but who knows with the state of things yeah Yeah. i think people forget that humans um are supposed to eat meat you know what i mean (laughs) i'm like cows have four stomachs that's how they don't eat meat because they can actually process all that but it's just like yeah humans are a part of the natural the animal kingdom like i think we are a huge part there's a guy named aldo leopold um, and, uh, he talks about the, he's like kind of the founder of like wildlife management. 
He's like a fascinating guy, kind of like I don't even remember when he was born, like maybe the '30s or something, like very early, pretty much like laid the foundation. But he says that there's like five things um, for wildlife management, and he calls it the axe, the cow, the plow, the fire, and the gun. And so, like he talks, basically, that's kind of like how agriculture, and then like you know prescribed fire, like habitat management and then you know hunting all kind of plays into like managing like animals and i think that so much people don't want well one side really is like does not want anyone to hunt and it's just like hey like that's a part of how this like how all of this has been set up like we have to have hunters to at this point keep things in the the right order so Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I don't know. People get fired up about it, but oh, yeah. I don't. I'm sure you hear a lot about it. You know, like it's fresh on people's minds, and yeah, especially the place I live in, uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, which is an interesting place to live because it's a pretty divided place, honestly. Like uh-huh. where people stand on that sort of stuff, and so you've got like the hardcore hunters, and then you got the hardcore like animal rights activists yeah. like living next to each other so you never know Qu- yeah, yeah quite a mix there yeah. oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> i always think about those videos of like <laughs> the PETA people like standing in front of like the cow you know processing plants and those guys just literally just don't even slow down <laughs> oh yeah just keep them cranking <laughs> but uh so yeah you know crazy stuff in that regard um but that was your summer um backpacking fishing all these little ponds and stuff and then um this year getting to do a little something different um you know you're actually living up there working at the camp full time um just doing the the church camp thing running some ministry and stuff pretty freaking sweet setup huh (laughs) yeah it's fun man it's uh it's hard to beat living in the mountains and you know just running camps all the time so yeah yeah well um i think we should probably kind of start to wrap it up but i want you to tell the story of your most recent big old freaking rainbow from oh yeah i won't say i'll just say from colorado so (laughs) well you know in all honesty i'm okay to kind of give it away i'll just it's called the dream stream so i'll say it if you're going you're gonna fight 20 other people there so it's it's a pretty packed place, but uh, it also takes some driving to get to. So, sweet little spot, but uh, yeah, that thing was a beast, and it was a fun day. We, uh, it was me and three other buddies. It was actually one of my the guy I went to Georgia with was with us, and then a couple other buddies. And so we drove out there. It's about three hours from where I live, and so we drove out there and uh, got there around probably eight or nine. Um, it's still so cold right now out there. You kind of have to wait for the ice to melt off the river um, for, you know, to start fishing. And so we uh, we got there, and it's a weird stretch because it's on the South Platte River, but it's between two lakes. And so there's uh, two lakes and then this stretch of the South Platte that runs between the two of them. And uh, in the springtime, I went there last fall. They actually have uh, salmon that run through there gotcha. in the fall, which That's is cool. a blast. So you get to go catch some of them. That's really cool. And uh, but in the springtime, you've got like the cutthroat and the rainbow spawn. And so what'll happen is those giant trout that have been just chilling in lakes and stuff will uh, come up into the river to spawn. Got and so it. they're working their way up in there. And uh, so it's still a little early for the spawn. I don't think any of them are actually spawning yet, but some of those big ones are starting to move in. And uh, so we had been fishing that morning. I uh, caught a nice brown, probably, you know, 18, 20 inch brown. Yeah, those are nice. Sweet. Point. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And then stuck a couple other, you know, 16, 18 inches and uh, pull up to this one little pocket. And uh, I actually had caught one fish out of the back of the pocket. And I was, you know, just a little squirt is running uh-huh. around in there. But uh, <laughs> I saw this one fish come out. It was this big rainbow. And I was like, oh, that's a sweet fish. Probably, you know, 20 plus inch fish. And then my buddy, who's a guy from Georgia, came up and was watching it with me. And he's like, did you just see the back of that one fish come out of there? I was like, no, I didn't say it. And he was like, just throw your fly up in there. And so I was using uh, a leech pattern. 
and then a size 24 midge underneath which is just <laughs> tiny i, I don't even like would you say that's like literally smaller than a pea oh yeah yeah like yeah. i mean it's it is tiny i don't know how to compare it to something it's just yeah, yeah. it's itty bitty but yeah. we uh so threw that in there and like instantly indicator goes down set the hook and at first I was like, all right, we got one fish at least. <laughs> and then we saw that thing come up a little bit, saw it roll. And we were like, holy crap, that's a big fish. So we're screaming, you know, getting uh-huh. all this stuff. He's instantly climbing down. We're on kind of a like slope. And so it was probably, I don't know, five feet up from the water. He's like jumping in there. doesn't even matter, you know, he's falling around, all that stuff. And uh, we fought that thing for... I don't know how long probably about 15 minutes and uh yeah every single time it would come up we'd freak out we're like this is the biggest fish uh-huh. <laughs> yeah it was crazy so we uh and it finally there's like i said there's still ice and stuff on the water and so uh, my buddy's in the water with the net and it goes under this ice ledge that i've been trying to get it out of stick keep it away from it most of the time you know and uh I was like, oh, he's toast, because my leader is kind of, you know, pinned against that uh-huh. ice, and I was like, he's gone. Like, it was a cool fight, good experience, all this kind of thing, and uh, he goes over there, pushes my leader down, and that thing starts taking off again, and I was like, you're kidding, so still got him, finally got that thing in there, um, I mean, yeah, like I said, it was probably about 15 minutes, and good grief. it always feels yeah. good. We were screaming and stuff, so other people from the river were, like, coming to watch, and it uh-huh, like, yeah. always makes you feel really good, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I kind of know what I'm doing, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but sure enough, that fish took, I don't know if it went for the leech and then got hooked with that bottom fly, but that little size 24 was stuck right in the tough part of his mouth. And, I mean, wow. I don't think – if it would have got anywhere else, I think he was gone because he had some sharp teeth. Wow. And so just uh, stuck right in there. And, man, that was that was a cool fish. So, Gosh, that is what it's all about. That's freaking yeah, awesome. It was cool. It's fun, too, because we – you know, it's so cold out there. Nobody's really fishing this time of year. I mean, you'll get a few that are starting to get into it again. But – to be out there when it's that cold and you know it's snow all over the river and you're just pulling tanks out is it's a blast yeah so, that's awesome. yeah that is freaking sweet so. yeah i always i saw that and i was just like you gotta be joking <laughs> me dude that's awesome yeah i'm always day. i'm always sitting at work and jason just sitting me pictures <laughs> of huge fish yeah. in the mountains and stuff <laughs> like gosh but yeah you'll have to landon are you going elk hunting this year with them that's the plan. Okay. We'll see what Kelsey says. Yeah. <laughs> see if you're, yeah, get the okay with the with the twins on the way, dude. Have we talked about that? I know Kelsey wanted us to, so. Yeah, I think. Okay. Okay. Uh, we mentioned yeah. that. Well, at least <laughs> cat's out of the bag now. Yeah, Landon's yeah. going to be a girl dad, so that's pretty sweet. But, uh, yeah, hopefully they can come by and, uh, I don't know. Heck, maybe if they just need to sit on the soccer field and shoot one of those giant Rocky Mountain yeah. State Park. Yeah, we. Uh, I think that's the beauty of our place is you can shoot pretty much whatever if you got the tag, and it's uh, pretty much a guaranteed trophy. So it's ridiculous. Yeah, I literally got a video of a giant bull just bugling its brains out on the soccer field at their yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, you just got to hide the soccer goals for the – you know, right picture and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and don't tell cam haynes you drove the truck right up to it to yeah spin it and everything yeah, yeah. The, the little road that goes right down to the field we won't show that so. no yeah you <laughs> will stage it up a little bit yeah, at least. yeah. that's good that's good yeah. we're eight miles in yeah throw some dirt on your face yeah. yeah put some water on there look like you're sweating so absolutely yeah i would be sweating with a huge bull out there i'm oh, about yeah, to smoke man. Are you gonna try and shoot one this year? Do you think? Or yeah, that's the hope. I'm uh, I'm hoping I can get. There's private landowner tags. Um, okay. That I can get for that zone. That zone is just so tough to get tagged for. Okay. Um, just in the sense of like it's, like I said, biggest yeah. elk herd maybe in the world right there. So everybody wants to hunt there. Sure. But uh, yeah, hoping to get one there, and then for sure some other spots to try to do some backcountry hunts and. Be see sweet. How it goes, so. 
Yeah, yeah. got to start getting in shape. Yeah, yeah. Good grief. Starting yeah. August. So yeah, <laughs> usually how it goes. So. Yeah, that's how I always do things. I'm like, ah, it's next week, so I should probably like at least drink some water this week, yeah, and I'll be fine. <laughs> but well, I guess we can uh, wrap it up there. Hopefully, uh, we can just keep getting some huge fish pictures from you this fall. A big old freaking elk, dude. That would be that's sweet. The hope, man. Yeah. Yeah. Any uh, any large uh, trout picture is typically from Jason. Uh, it is. I, <laughs> I'm not catching them. Like, <laughs> yeah, Glenn, <laughs> Glenn's for sure not catching. I don't know what Glenn's doing out there. Jason's busy catching freaking tanks. Glenn's just trying to. I'm just bebopping through life. I don't even know. Glenn's trying not to lose the net in the water. There you go. Literally, I'm just trying not to fall in, but even that, like, I'm joining the swim team all the time, so good grief. Yeah, maybe one day I'll catch a nice one. But yeah, it'll happen. If I keep hanging out with Jason, I've got a chance, so. It'll rub uh, off. Yeah, seriously, I need it. So, well, I really appreciate you taking some time to hang out with us. I know that you're in town, got got the families asking to spend time with you, trying to see the new niece and every nephew. Yeah, nephew. Nephew, gosh, that's awkward. They're small, 50, 50 so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I missed the mark there. But yeah, they whatever. all look the same when they're that small. That's so, right. You know. <laughs> like little aliens. Yeah. No, uh, so anyway, thanks for spending some time with us. Uh, Landon, you got any final thoughts over there, buddy? I do not. Okay. <laughs> Hudson, you got anything? Um, no, uh, we'll, we'll probably post, uh, so whenever this comes out next Tuesday... We'll probably throw that uh, big uh, Georgia fish on there. Yeah, yeah. that's the one. Yeah. yeah. And then probably a few others uh, that we may or may not have thrown up. Just don't bother checking uh, if, if we're reposting <laughs> stuff. But uh, just to just to showcase some of uh, Jason's tanks that he's got over the years. And yeah. uh, so be on the lookout for that um, in case you want to see any of the fish that we talked about. Yeah, we'll have him send us a little portfolio, and I'll work my uh, my editing magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, maybe we can uh, put that story of you telling talking about your big one from this year in the dream stream. So, yeah. gosh, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, appreciate Jason coming on, and um, like always, if you guys can tell someone someone about us, uh, you can share maybe. a a comment or share something on Facebook or Instagram always a huge help for us and uh, supports our mission of telling people about the outdoors and sharing some stories right Landon right (laughs) (laughs) so anyway yeah appreciate you guys uh, taking some time to listen to three idiots and Jason talk so uh, we'll catch you next time peace out see ya